Hello, everybody, and welcome to the new episode of the Lean Toss-Up uh, CDL uh, podcast. Uh, we are joined this week uh, by Ryan, uh, who goes on Twitter as at CDLmetrics. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing all right. It's been a little while. It's been a few weeks just with uh, the CDL taking a little extra break in between uh, Major 4 and the start of Stage 5, and then I was uh, actually out of town last week, so I didn't have a chance to record with you, but um yeah happy to be back happy to talk some more cod as we uh reach kind of the halfway mark of stage five here next week uh we got a lot of games to talk about from last weekend which uh i will say i have not watched through all of the matches but um for the most part it looks like they went as expected i know we can go into uh, specifics in a little while but uh yeah doing well and happy to be back yeah, great. It's happy to be back too. As we as we draw near the end of this Call of Duty season, um, I mean, we're, there's going to be a lot more happening very soon, right? Um, as some of these matches are becoming more boring, um, basically some of these players are just playing for next year at this point, right? I mean, um, some of these teams we can we we know who we're talking about for some of these kind of lower ranked teams. Big question marks are whether or not some of these players are going to remain in the league. Um, is there going to be expansion? Are they going to be kept on the roster, removed from the roster? Some of these rosters I could see being just completely wiped. Um, like, like, so we'll we'll have to we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, that being said, though, let's start before we go to the bottom of the list. Let's start at the top of the list. So um, I'm just going to ask you quickly your kind of top six, right? So right now the, the format for champs is um, the top two teams get a first-round bye, and then the bottom four teams play off in winners round one, and then the bottom two, seven and eight, they play off in, they start in losers round one. Now, um, this is kind of an interesting ranking debate. What are your top six teams by ranking right now? I just posted mine on Twitter. I'll go through uh, mine. But what are what are your top six right now? Yeah, that's a good question. Let me pull up. I posted my power rankings uh, pre- uh, week one, stage five, and I don't think they've changed since last week. They maybe have slightly, um, but for the most part, the top six teams kind of are who they are. Uh, let me pull up what I had last week. I want to say, so obviously Atlanta is number one. They've been number one all year. I can't remember a time where I did not have them number one, even after uh, they lost to Toronto in the grand finals of um, of major two. Uh, so Atlanta won. I still have Toronto two, uh, despite Dallas's recent success. Obviously, they uh, were runners up at uh, the Land Major, Major four. But um, uh, how I work my power rankings, I basically uh, punch in two teams, and then whoever is um, favored in that match is obviously just power ranked ahead of the next team. And right now, um, Dallas and Toronto. Uh, I would have Toronto at about a 61% favorite over Dallas still, even with Dallas's recent success. So uh, Atlanta won a clear number one. I think Toronto is two, a clear number two. They're kind of each on their own tier. Um, and then after that, there's a mix of about you know three or four teams. Uh, last week, I want to say my number three was Dallas. And based on what they did last week, they should stay three. So Dallas three, uh, four and five is pretty close, but I think it got settled with uh, the last match we saw. So I'd go Chicago four, New York five. Um, uh, they were five pre week one, and I think they should stay there because I'm not really going to put 
Thieves above them yet. Although they did lose to Thieves, it was a really close series. It obviously went to a Game 5. Um, so to have Thieves win that, it's not super surprising, but um, I think New York should rebound. But Thieves have been interesting. They they definitely are in that conversation for uh, top six. But I don't know. If you're going to ask me who's the sixth best team, it's either Thieves or Florida. And actually, yeah, I'd say Thieves is probably number six, just due to recent form. Uh, Florida won their match last week against Seattle, which, you know, is kind of expected. But for LA Thieves to come out with a new roster and uh, beat New York and uh, London, was it? Yeah. Um, pretty easily against them. Like, yeah, that that's an impressive uh, showing for sure. So I'll go Atlanta 1, Toronto 2, Dallas 3, Chicago 4, New York 5, and Thieves six. Yeah, and that's um, that's some. Those are some interesting rankings in, in terms of that. Um, for me right now, um, so my ranking basically does it is it's Elo rankings, right? So I have an Elo associated with each uh, map slash mode, right? So I have Elo for map one, which is hardpoint, map two, which is search, three, which is control, um, the only control, obviously, then four, which is um again another hard point and then five with which is search and then what my when my elo is is it's an average of all those five rankings those five ranking numbers so interestingly enough we're getting to the point where atlanta will be might be able to come back around and lap lag um lag sitting at 924.4 elo point three elo point sorry and atlanta at um 1091.5 so basically atlanta is only 30 some odd elo points away from lapping so like if LAG falls below um 800 and LAG gets up above 1100 they could lap them that way so that'd be kind of cool. Um but just kind of fun as as a side thing. My team my uh, number one team is obviously Atlanta, right? Um somehow my model has them gaining 15 elo points from last week which is kind of insane because they beat London and Paris um in 3-0s. So um Kind of weird that they gained that much from beating up on two lower teams, but their the domination against them was just so complete, right? Like six owing Paris in Search and Destroy, right? It was just it was bad. It was really bad. Um, my second right now for two, I basically have a tie between Dallas and Toronto. Uh, they're both at one forty five point three. The model has Dallas slightly ahead of Toronto. Um, I'm not sure exactly why that is. Again, it's down to the decimal point at that point. It's it's at least it's at least a hundredth of or so lower. So that's basically nothing. If they were to play, I would have Toronto. And I think the only reason Toronto is that far behind is because they're um, they're not the greatest on map one hard point. They're a lot better on map on, on game four hard point. So um, I think honestly, if they uh, if they improve their game one hard points, I think they could definitely make do a lot better in in uh, in a lot of those matchups. Optic I have is number four. They've gained a lot this last week. They're now only 20-some-odd points behind, a little less than 20 points behind Dallas and Toronto. For five, I've got Florida. They're about 10 or so, about 15 or so behind Optic. And then following the most points, actually, sorry, not the the most. The most points apparently was Paris this week. The second most points this week was New York, dropping 16.6 points. They're down to just, they're down below 1,000. Again, everybody started to 1,000 for the season. New York is now down below 1,000. doesn't mean they're worse than they started with the season. Everybody started at the base 1,000. But it now means that they are now below where you'd expect the average team to be 
at this point. So they're now just a little bit below that average. But again, that's obviously screwed up, skewed up higher because you've got teams like FaZe and, and Dallas and Toronto kind of just soaking up extra points. But um, there they're sitting now at sixth. And it's interesting to see. So this is a lot of people were kind of surprised. I was, I personally was surprised when, when Thieves beat New York last week. That was a surprise for me. I had New York just kind of mopping the floor with them, 3-1, maybe even a 3-0. I really underestimated Thieves. And we're going to talk about Thieves in a second a bit more. Um, but I want to talk some more specifically about New York at this moment. Because they were... They had, they basically they were doing great in Stage 4. They went to the Stage 4 Major. Um, Asim couldn't get his visa in time, so he couldn't, he couldn't go. They had to get Decimate in. Decimate came in, and they didn't do great. They they lost out. They, they didn't go nearly as far as they wanted to. Then they come back to stage five major on 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 online, and Asim's now in Texas, and I believe he's in Texas. He's in the states somewhere now. And now there's problems. Now they're they're coming down. Now the thing is, after they lost to to thieves, I was like, okay, that's it. The thing is, like when you see their their fall in terms of strength from the stage four major to, to now to losing to optic. It actually makes a lot more sense. They started declining there at the major when they lost the seam. Now the theory was, okay, well, the seam comes back, they'll come back. That's possible. But it now seems like it's now just been a steady decline since then. It, it, they've never recovered from a seam leaving, even though it seems back on the team now. So the question is, is maybe people have figured out how to beat New York now. They were never a particularly dominant team in maps and modes, they'd always kind of eke out close wins. There's a lot of different things that can come into this, come into play on this. And I think that um, there are some issues with this team. I think we need to stop pretending that this is now just, okay, well, a seam wasn't on land, or maybe they weren't just great on land. This is There are whole full-blown issues, and I still have to rewatch some of the games from this weekend as well. But, like, New York right now is, is my sixth-ranked team. And that's and not by a small margin either. Like if they played Florida, my team, my my model would have Florida beating them as well. So, like I don't, I think that there is um definitely some risk here for uh, for New York. Uh, what do you think? What do you think about that, Ryan? Do you think New York should be kind of worried right now or not? Yeah, um, I think New York will be okay. Uh, now, what comes down to why they've been struggling? I think a lot might have to do with the maps. Uh, that they're good on, and honestly, the game mode. So uh, they're still one of the best hardpoint teams in the league. I don't think you can put them above FaZe. I think FaZe are um, probably the best hardpoint team, clearly the, the best control team, I think, and maybe the top search team, although I think Toronto I might give that edge to slightly. But New York, very good hardpoint team. There's not a map where they're below 500 on. Uh, they're 4-2 and two on Apocalypse, 9-6 and six on Checkmate, 9-5 and five on Garrison, Seven and six on Moscow and four and two on Raid. So they're good on on every uh, hard point map. It just comes down to which one don't you want to play them on, um, and they'll play on anything. Search and Destroy is where I think it gets a little not great. So uh, their best map by far is Standoff. They've played it three times. They're three and zero, oh, um, and they're beating down who they're playing most of the time. I think. That's probably the map you don't want to be the best at right now, at least, because Standoff, obviously, it's the most recent addition to the map pool, and I think some teams are maybe starting to use that as just an auto-veto, say, you know, if your team, let me try to find a good example, like Dallas, maybe, yeah, no, 3-3, three and three. I'm trying to think, if there's a team that's not so good at Standoff, say they went 0-2 in their matches, 
I think they might just auto veto that all the way through. And I think that might happen more and more as the year goes on. So that's probably not the map you want to be great at. Um, Their next best is Express, which is, again, a search and destroy map that came in late to the rotation. So although Express does get played a lot, um, I think there are a certain number of teams that will go up against New York and just auto-veto that or standoff. So then you got the rest of the map pool in search and destroy, and New York isn't really great on any of them. They're uh, five and five on Miami, which again is an unpopular map for a lot of teams. And then I'd say probably the two most common maps, uh, Moscow and Raid, they're two and four on both of those. So it's just kind of a weird dynamic with the maps that they're good on are probably not the maps that teams really like, like across the league. So that's interesting. And then control is obviously troublesome for them. Uh, they're below 500 on every map. Um, their best map, according to my models, Garrison, where they're four and six, uh, but the other two, they're five and seven and five and nine. So I think even just working one of those maps to a point where it's like an auto veto for another team could be good. Um, but we just haven't seen that with any map. They look like a mediocre team pretty much every time they play control. Sometimes they win, sometimes they don't. It's a pretty much, you know, like a toss up, uh, depending on who they're playing, obviously. But so I think just working the map pool a little bit, figuring out, you know, one more search map that you can really count on, and then maybe just get one control map that you're really, really solid on. I think that could do a world of help for them. Because uh, right now it feels like teams are just going to always attack their weakness um, or the team's, you know, strength kind of aligns nicely with New York's weakness. And that's how they get beat too. But I don't want to overreact to New York from last week. So Obviously, they lose to Thieves, which is an upset. I think most people probably had them winning in four, uh, maybe a game five, but maybe a sweep if you really didn't like what Thieves were doing with the roster change. But uh, they come out, they lose in five. Uh, The game five went to a round 11. So, you know, they're one round away from pulling off the reverse sweep. Um, But yeah, a loss is a loss, and and they took that one on the chin. Uh, And then obviously the most recent match uh, against Chicago was a 3-0, albeit a pretty close one. Again, a search and destroy round 11 that did not go their way. Um, Now, those aren't guaranteed to just flip and, you know, they're going to win those round 11s. You still got to pull it out. But, uh, you know, a close one at that. Their control was not great. Um, But, you know, hard point, they've been a little weaker. Obviously, they were like crazy good once Hydra joined the team. I think people are maybe starting to catch on to what they like to do with Hydra in those hard points. Um, but yeah, I think they're in an all right spot. Clay is obviously a really good player. Hydra's talented. Max talented. Asim is a key role player who probably having the best year of COD of his life. Um, so to see them struggle in week one, it's not a huge surprise, but uh, definitely one of the storylines to take away. Yeah, that's um, that's important to note. All right, so. Let's get back. Let's get into the games for this week. Um, so, um, first off, to kick it off on, on Thursday, three o'clock, LAG versus Toronto Ultra. LAG plus eight hundred. Toronto minus twenty five hundred on Bet three six five. LAG plus two and a half is plus one hundred. Toronto minus two and a half is minus one thirty eight. Over three and a half plus one hundred matches the the plus plus or minus two and a half exactly uh, on the over and under three and a half maps. So for this one, I think it's pretty clear that LAG has kind of given up. Um, 
getting rid of your top player for no apparent reason and then sucking doesn't seem to be a great plan. Um, <laughs> I I mean, I think the thing is with Dallas, it's a bit different because it is kind of a vivid, vivid revenge game because he he was dropped by LAG in kind of a similar manner to Chino, honestly. Um, and then they're like, screw you. I'm back in the league. I'm doing awesome. You shouldn't have gotten rid of me. I, I like, does LAG not know that if they tank, they get a good draft pick? Like they don't, that doesn't happen. Do they not realize this? Like uh, maybe they, yeah, it's not the NFL guys. Like <laughs> you, you, you can't tank to get a good draft pick. You don't get to draft simp. Like that's not how this works. Um, I mean, like, like, I mean, you, you had a week, you had like a, a one stage left. You were down. You, like they were, they were not in the greatest shape. They weren't in. They weren't in good shape by any means. But they weren't like completely eliminated. Um, if they had, if they had won a game or two, I think they played two games this weekend. If they had won one or two of those games, um, I mean, again, it's it's hard, right? Because they're still pretty far out uh, from the standings. Um, I think because Florida played one game this last weekend, right? Yeah. So Florida was. At sitting at 170 going into the weekend, LAG was at 100, right? So you're only 70 points out. You've got the five stage games, and you've got a major, which you can theoretically win up to 75 points in. Now, obviously, you're not going to probably win 75 points, but getting 30, 40, maybe even 50 points is not impossible if you go on a good run and you get the best team up there. Like, it was still possible for them to make champs. But they seem to have just kind of given up. Like, and, and the thing is, just the... I, I, I don't think, this is kind of a side point, just wanted to point this out here. I do not think the CDL intended this when they made the idea of the top eight, made top eight go to champs, but there has never been such a clear cleave between the top teams and the bottom teams. Probably like I've ever seen in a sports team, in a sports league. So you've got the six, seven, and eight teams, right? So you've got the top teams, obviously, LA, like FaZe is up there at 32 and four, and then you've got. Dallas 22-15, Toronto 23-14. and 14. They are five points away. They're going to be battling it out for the number two seed, which that will probably be, de- that won't be determined until next weekend, probably. Um, but basically, next set, next Sunday is probably when we get some closure on that, possibly. Then you've got New York technically fourth in the standings. They're 21-14. and 14. Then you've got Optic at fifth. They're 22-15. and 15. And then Minnesota in sixth, 14-16. and 16. So this is now the band where you have teams that are about 500, right? So Minnesota... 14 and 16, LA Thieves 16 and 17, Florida 15 and 16, right? All those about 500. They went on a bit of a run in a, in a in a in a major or two, so they all they were able to get up there a little bit, get some extra points there, so they don't they didn't need a winning record. Then you then it falls off a cliff, and you've got the next closest team you have LAG at 8 and 22. So you go from basically 500 to like a third. Of 500, like 0.33. You got Paris seven and 19, Seattle seven and 21, London seven and 21. It's it's so weird that these teams have just kind of, and it's not just like it's not like just this this weekend they decided to give up. Like it's been pretty clear that for some of these teams they've basically given up for a while at this point, right? Like you don't get results like this if your team is not actively trying to compete. I mean, especially in in, in in the CDL league, right? Because it's, it's this isn't like the NFL where you sign everybody in the beginning of the year, and then that's it. That's your team for the rest of the year. And if 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 the, if the ship sinks, the ship sinks, and everybody's still on the ship. No, like these teams have all had team changes, right? LAG literally just had one this before this stage. 
Paris has had a couple of team changes as well. Seattle, London. Um, I think the only team that hasn't had a team change so far this season is FaZe and Optic. FaZe and Optic are the only two teams that have not had a team change. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like it's just so frustrating to see these teams just not wanting to compete. And it's really hard. That being said, specifically for this for this game, um, my model has Toronto 3-0 at 54.3%. Um, it's still hard. So like basically, mine has it that my, the basically the three zero sweep priced basically perfectly, especially when you take out the vig. But the problem though is that Toronto was kind of bad at hard points, and I could randomly see LAG stealing a hard point. <laughs> so like it's 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 hard, but I could see it happening though. I could see Toronto like getting the th- Toronto could very easily get the three zero, or they could just lose game one hard point. It's one or the other. If they if they lose game one hard point, then they then they get the three zero. If not, so it's your calls whether or not you want to bet on it. If you really want to like like bet on it like maybe bet on Toronto 3-1 or something or wait until Toronto loses game 1 then bet 3-1 or something there's got to be some ways you can bet let's what's Toronto 3-1 yeah yeah i um i'm going to stay away from it but it's just a weird series right it feels like it should be a Toronto just based on what's happened recently like a Toronto 3-0 is like the thing that is like in my mind right when i just think about this match and go how is it going to play out I'm like, yeah, Toronto's going to win 3-0. And it's like, it, yeah, it could be 3-1. Like, LAG, yeah, you're right, maybe they take the game one hard point. I think it's maybe more likely they take the game two search. Uh, but, like, I don't know. LAG, like, LAG's got nothing in them. They made a team change that should not have happened, right? Like, Cheen was probably your best player, and you bench him for Mental, who's a good player. He's been a good player in uh, Challengers all year. Just to like, just it feels like a move that they made that it's like, okay, we want to make a roster change because we've been struggling. Okay, that makes sense. Yes, you should. But don't, like, don't sub out Cheen. He, like, helped your team out when you were sucking last time. You know, you bring him in. I I remember they won a match versus Paris. And it's like, holy crap, Cheen looked like a madman on the map. And it's like, okay, we can work with this. Like, Cheen and Assault as the AR duo, that's not bad. There are worse AR duos in the league than that. And it's like, okay, if Silly can, like, be okay on an SMG, and it's like, if Apathy could just not be the worst SMG in the league, like, we got a half-decent team here. And it's like, no, we're going to bench Cheen and bring in Mental, and then that's going to ruin your search and destroy, which we saw last week, like, LAG, who have been a decent search and destroy team all year, they lose to Rocker, who are not a good search team. Uh, they lose six three to them on raid, and then their third or in their uh, second match, they play Dallas, and they lose six two to them on standoff. And it's like you're not even close anymore in that game mode. You won one hard point against Minnesota, who are the second worst hard point team in the league by my model. And you're like you're not even close on control. You got three would both times. Both teams are good at control, Minnesota and Dallas, but like still, you're you're miles away in control. Your hard point is very iffy, and now your search and destroy got worse. It's like yeah, if Toronto don't three O, I'll be a little surprised, but I just I cannot see it for LAG. If LAG win this match, I will be thoroughly shocked and my model spits out numbers that say that i shouldn't be shocked but like i just can't from a human perspective i cannot see them winning this series 
Yeah, no, they're not. They're not going to win the series. The only question is, will they? I think the only question really here is, will they win one game or no games? I don't think the question is even two games, but I'd be very surprised. Um, so we'll we'll go from there. It, it is risky. I mean, I probably will punt on this one as well. I, I, the thing is, it's just I can't get a feel on it. Like Toronto has three out like for a while there, they were just throwing people. But the thing is, they did lose to Minnesota in hard point, so. It's 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 kind of just weird enough that I might want to just leave this alone, like root for Toronto, and if the, if LAG somehow wins game one, then you just bet on Toronto, bet on Toronto minus one and a half, because that might be well, like right now the minus one and a half is minus eight hundred. It's like what, what can you do with that, right? Like what are you what are you doing with a minus eight hundred? You can't do anything. You're gonna bet eighty dollars on a minus one and a half. That's just kind of insane. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's a bit much. Yeah. yeah. So like no, there's there's things you can do. Um, next up, Seattle Surge versus Minnesota Rocker. Seattle plus 200 on the money line. Minnesota Rocker pl- minus 275. Seattle, and then basically the spread. Seattle plus 1.5, minus 120. Um, Minnesota minus 1.5, minus 120. Over 4.5, plus 175. Under 4.5, minus 250. This, I mean, obviously this has Minnesota favored, but it has whether or not Seattle takes it to a game 5 is basically a 50-50. Um... What are your thoughts on this? I have this basically priced correct. I have that basically priced correctly as well. Um, so it, I mean, I have it a bit probably more favoring Seattle. I have a bit like I have a bit more like Seattle probably more likely to get the minus, the plus one and a half. But then again, they seem to also have kind of given up. Apparently, Seattle is a really good control team now. Apparently, how many? Apparently, yeah. I yeah. I don't know what to think of them. Yeah, that control so, team, Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Um. I have Seattle covering a map and a half about 59% of the time. So I do think they're the right side of this match. Um, And a lot of that has to do with, yeah, you're right. The control improvement has been impressive and, you know, kudos to them because holy crap for, I don't know, four months, everyone was screaming at Seattle, like, Hey, get good at control or at least don't suck as bad as you have been. And it's like, they kind of listened, like they got good and they got like, well, not good. They got better, and they got better at, like, at least a couple of maps. Like, Garrison was always that map that, like, they could get wins on if teams were willing to play them on it. And now it's like, they're a decent checkmate team, too. So you throw away their 0-8 record on raid. You just say, okay, we're, they're always going to veto raid. And now you're a 9-11 and team in control. And it's like, hey, that you can win controls if you're playing on those maps. So... Good on Seattle for improving in that, because holy crap, they were so bad. Um, And yeah, I do think they're the right side of this uh, match. I do think control is tricky in this match. Minnesota are a sneaky good control team. Um, I have them as the worst checkmate team in the league. They're 0-3, they've only played it three times, but they've gotten absolutely slaughtered every time they've played. So that's almost an auto veto. Um, I recall, I think Minnesota played checkmate control in the last match of the major, who were they playing? I don't. I remember they let it through, and it was a bad decision. Um, but they let it through, and they lost. So that's probably an auto veto. I would imagine, yeah, Seattle's going to veto raid, and we're going to see a garrison control, which Minnesota I'd still have favored in, but don't be shocked if Seattle pull that off. If they do, I think that plus one and a half gets covered because... Minnesota's a pretty weak hardpoint team. I think those will probably get split, assuming we see both get played. 
so yeah, Seattle's path, I think easiest path to um to covering this plus one and a half is probably a game one or game four hard point win. If not both, that'll get you there. Or just one of those hard points plus a garrison control. And then I think they got a legit shot on search and destroy. Like you can make a case that they could sweep, honestly. Um so I think they are like by far the best value out of if we're just talking Thursday's games, like Seattle, Minnesota, I think is bettable, and I think Seattle is definitely the right side. That first match, LAG Toronto, I really don't want anything to do with that. But um, now, although Seattle did look not so great last week, I think we might see a bounce back. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I mean, I would say that I think because my model right now has Florida as a better team than Minnesota. Same, yeah. So in that case, then if you follow that logic, then Seattle is closer to to Minnesota than they are would be to Florida, right? So it makes sense that Florida would cover the three one, but Minnesota might struggle to. So I I definitely don't I I don't hate the Seattle. I hate the fact that it's minus one twenty on the plus one and a half. I'd love it to be more. I don't think you take a bite on the money line. I don't think, but I don't love Minnesota. I mean, like look at what Minnesota's done so far, right? They beat LAG who are apparently actively tanking and they lose three, one to Toronto. Um, I still have to rewatch that game. Um, game one, they did beat them in a hard point, but it was a close hard point. And then they lost games two, three, four, right? So not the most um, comforting from Minnesota there. I don't think so. So we'll, we'll have to see. I don't know. It depends on what I feel like if maybe I'll take a, maybe take a stab on a, on a money line and a spread thing. We'll see. I've, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll see. Um, all right, moving on to Friday. Um, this one is kind of this is kind of one of my interesting games of the week. Florida versus Dallas. Florida is plus two forty on the money line. Dallas is minus three thirty four. Florida plus one and a half is plus one hundred. Dallas minus one and a half minus one thirty eight. Over three and a half maps minus two fifty. Under three and a half plus one seventy five. I like Florida here. Um. When Dallas is in top form, which they are now, they're back to top form now. That's undisputable. When Dallas is in top form, the one of the only teams that can can beat them and has been able to beat them has been Florida in the past. Now, that's going into last season, yes. And yes, the Florida team is not the same, and the Dallas team also is not the same. But this Florida team is so high variance enough that like, I think they could pull off an upset here. I definitely yeah. think it's it's within the realm of possibility that we could see an upset. The plus one and a half at plus one hundred is very attractive um, in terms of value perspective for me. I could definitely see this going to a game five, even if Florida doesn't win it. Uh, what do you think? I actually would say the other way around. I like a money line. You mentioned their high variance. I think if you're going to bet an underdog, uh, Florida makes a lot of sense here. Uh, I like them a little more actually than Seattle. At least that's what the numbers say. Although you factor in what how Dallas has looked recently, it's probably similar in terms of how much I like Florida and Seattle. But yeah, Florida money line I think is definitely a play. I will say I do have them as underdogs in every game mode they play, and I do think obviously they could split search and destroys. Um, they got a shot and control, although I do have Dallas as a better control team. And then hard points. Um, hard point I actually have as the biggest discrepancy. I think Dallas is a very well established hard point team and. Florida, in my head, should be a good one too, but they just, for whatever reason, have struggled or the maps. Um, 
that they're good on just have not gone their way from time to time. So, um, yeah, I, I like Florida a little bit. I don't love them, but uh, yeah, if you want to get a little funky, um, I kind of like like if you want maybe a double underdog pick, you go Seattle money line maybe if you're willing to do that, and Florida money line and just hope that one of them wins. You you should cash out on that, but um, yeah, the plus one and a half, minus one and a half in terms of maps. Uh, I have that at about a 50-50 prop, and that's kind of where it is betting-wise. Uh, I have Florida covering a map and a half 53% of the time. It's at even money, you said, so maybe a little bit of value there as well. But uh, yeah, if you're going to you know, bet on this game, I, I like the Mutineers side uh, a decent bit for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely... Um, there's definitely some value in Florida. I think um, I think they're kind of an over an underlooked team. They're kind of overlooked, I think, in a lot of cases. I think a lot of times people just kind of say, okay, well, they're not the best team, and they're not the best team, um, but they can still win some games. And I think uh, going into next season, I think um, will be really interesting for this Florida team. They need some. They need to make some decisions about who's on this team and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, this team isn't going to win champs. They've been kind of consistently okay. They're going to champs, I believe. I don't think they've locked in champs yet, but they probably will soon. They, I mean, it's technically not, but like the odds of them not going to champs are very remote at this point. Um, but yeah, I think this team is kind of an interesting team to look for next season, right? I mean, they'll have the pieces there, but yeah, I mean, not focusing, not spoiling future discussions about Florida. We're focusing on this week. I think, yeah, they they have the tools to upset Dallas. Dallas has been really strong. Um, they're probably due for like a regression game, and this is where I like the plus one and a half because like I could definitely see this going to like a f- game five. Dallas pulling out like a game five miracle play or something like that, and like yeah, I could I can see that happening. I have all these games pretty close, so we'll uh, we'll have to see from there. Now the Friday night game. This is this could be a potentially interesting game. This is a v- probably very overhyped game right now. Thieves versus Phase. Thieves plus five hundred on the money line. Phase minus nine hundred. Thieves plus one and a half plus two fifty. Phase minus one and a half minus three fifty. Over three and a half. So that means just not a sweep. Just not a sweep. It's minus one fifty under three and a half. So a sweep for either team is plus one ten. I. Like, I'm like tempted to pick thieves here. I the thing is, my model is definitely undervaluing thieves right now because they sucked for so long, and my model takes a while for them to recover. Um, but like, I kind of think thieves. Like, if there's someone to pull off an upset, when you've got a team surging like thieves and a team's just kind of chilling like phase, I like. I think I honestly think Atlanta loses a game this week. I, I, I think they lose definitely a game. Maybe they even go to a game five against either Thieves or Optic. Like they, they, they one of those is happening. What what do you think? Yeah, no, I I can't see I know you mentioned Thieves might be in, you know, a little bit of a malaise right now. They just keep winning. But I think they realize how huge these two games are this week. Um obviously group A right now is uh, a perfect mirror. So you have FaZe, Chicago, and Thieves all at 2-0. and New York, London, and Paris all at 0-2, which is also weird to see Group A all play twice in Week 1, which means Group B, uh, almost everyone played only once. But yeah, I, I, Atlanta knows these games are huge. I actually think you're going to see more Thieves money come in and in and in. And it's like, don't... 
I would not buy into it quite yet. It's been two matches. We've seen Thieves in the past, you know, switch rosters and look good for a little chunk of time, except when they put Hook in for the first time. Um, But yeah, you, you see it all the time where a guy comes into the roster, they see improvement, but that fades away after time. And I think, again, people maybe get it confused where it's like, yes, it seems like roster changes help a lot when you make them, but you also have to remember where you're coming from when you're making those roster changes. Usually, you're at some of your lowest points in the year, right? Thieves, uh, uh, they had the whole hook drama at the major. He He wasn't on the team. They put in Draza. They lose their first match of the land major. You know, one that Slasher's been waiting for forever at this point, and people just forget about him. And now they make a new roster change. They bring in John because the hook drama continues, and it's like, oh, now they, they won. They beat New York, a really good team. Okay, they beat him in five. It took game five, round 11. That can really go either way. Um, but, you know, they won their other game against London, too, pretty handily. So, yes, they're improving. That's good to see. But we have to remember that, like, how bad they were pre-roster change like is also affecting i think how we think of the team now atlanta obviously still the best team in the league there's a reason why they're minus 900 or whatever they've lost four matches all year i think thieves money will come in and i think atlanta actually could become a value if you're willing to like lay minus i don't know what it could come down to maybe minus 200 on the minus a map and a half something like that I think the money line is always going to be a number too high for anyone to bet, really. So I'd say just wait and see. If you really, really want Thieves, you just take them now. But I think the better approach is you wait for that Thieves money to come in. And if you're willing to bite, you know, a minus 200, a minus 300, whatever it'd be, on the spread for Atlanta, I think that might be a slightly better play. But for the most part... Again, it's a stay-away game. A lot of these lines are drilled in pretty well at this point, this deep into the year. So it could be a good one to watch, but I worry that this is one of those overhyped matches that is just, oh, it's a Phase 3-0. How did we not see that coming? That sort of a thing. Let's see what the odds are on that 3-0. Plus 120. Oh, come on. That's the odds you're going to give us on a phase 3 was plus 120? Come on. Yeah, that's not good. No, I got him 3 about 41% of the time. So I have 3 about 47% of the time. But to be fair, my model hates thieves right now because of... So... Yeah. Also, betting like exact outcomes like that, usually not the best thing to do. Those are a little juiced up most of the time, but... Yeah, um, so... Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It, it, it's a bit. This game's a bit iffy for me. Again, there's more than enough meat on the Florida Dallas game to 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 go with. You probably don't have to go with this one. It's it's just a really weird game. I if there's someone that's going to take down Phase, like I I think I think Phase can lose a game this weekend. I think they will. Pro- they can and they possibly will drop a game. Optic has looked really good. Thieves have looked really good. I would put Optic more than Thieves, which is exactly what the betting lines say as well. But I don't know. I I wouldn't completely count out Phase for for pulling off a, a kind of interesting upset there. Moving on to Saturday now, uh, we've got London versus New York. London plus two fifty on the money line. Subliners minus three fifty. London plus one and a half plus one ten. New York minus one and a half minus one fifty. 
over three and a half minus two fifty under three and a half plus one seventy five. Do you trust the subliner? Like part of me just wants to say, cool, minus one fifty, we're done. We're done here, that's it. But like it's hard. It, it's legitimately hard to to do that here. Like, it's hard to lay that on there. And like, to be fair, on the other side, it seems as though London has pretty much given up, which like they kind of have. But at the same time, like, it's really hard to just kind of put that, press that button and 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 say, "Nap New York minus one and a half." Like, they should win this game, and they should win this game three zero or three one. But like, it, it's a bit scary. Do you share share that fear? Or are you ready to pull a minus one and a half yeah. for for New York? Yeah, you said the minus one and a half is minus 150 for New York. Okay. Yeah, I actually, in London, plus 110. I think there's maybe a little more value with London at those numbers, which I'm surprised by. I thought uh, New York's prices might, like, fall down real bad after getting swept by Chicago and after losing to Thieves. But those numbers are honestly kind of where they should be. Uh, I'm curious to see if they move any further, though, if people still fade New York. But it's not like... London have shown anything really lately, so it's kind of one of these gross matches where it's like someone's got to bounce back and win, and it's probably New York. Uh, although London have beat them in the past, you know, you know, upsets happen, that sort of thing. Uh, the tough thing with London is probably their path to victory is pretty limited. Um, I think like the most likely way they get this done is two searches in the control. Uh, obviously New York, a very good hard point team. We talk about that a lot, but, um, yeah, London to pull off the win, I think happens about a quarter of the time. Uh, and then three quarters of the time, New York pull it off. But based on how New York have looked lately, maybe those numbers should be a little less, but again, you know, London, um, not a team you need to be afraid of. I don't really know what to do with this. Probably just stay away or wait to see if any of these numbers change. But I honestly don't think it's going to be a popular game for betters. So it's probably as stay away e as a game can get, if that's even a word. I don't know. But um, yeah, just a wait and see approach. I think if New York struggles, if they go to a map five with London, even if they win, I think you chalk that up as a loss, you know, for New York. You you want to see a 3-0, you want to see a 3-1 uh, convincingly, but if they don't show it against London, like then you might start to press the panic button. So uh, we'll see how this one plays out. But for me, it's just a kick back and and uh, and relax and and watch and hopefully see New York improve because I want to see a good New York at champs. I I agree. Same. I I also agree. This is definitely stay away. I I don't I don't like this. I don't I don't want to touch this. This is because this could this could blow up in your face, right? Because you could say. New York minus one and a half are good, and then all of a sudden London pushes into a game five, and you're just like, come on. And, and you're like, duh, how did I not see that? Yeah, they'll forget how to play hard point yeah. again, game one. And then, yeah. then you'll be sad. LAG versus Florida. Saturday afternoon, LAG plus 350, Florida minus 600. LAG plus one and a half, plus 162. Florida minus one and a half, minus 225. LAG over three and a half minus two hundred. Florida under three and a half plus one fifty. This is the Florida minus one and a half all the way. Um, this seems like a really good value. Um, yeah, I um, I think this this was worse before. I think this game has moved. I think, um, but yeah, this is Florida minus one and a half, but it's minus two twenty five, so you're paying a little extra. Um, if you can parlay that with something, I think if you can parlay that with 
the next game you get minus 125, which isn't horrible, but you wish it was plus. Um, what's your thoughts on the, on, on this? Any thoughts, anything you want to add? Another nail to the LAG yes. coffin? Yes. If you like Florida minus a map and a half, Robert, just take that right now. Like, right, literally right now. Because here's what I kind of see happening. LAG, who do they play? They play uh, the first match. Toronto. That's an obvious loss. Like, they're going to get smoked bad. And Florida play uh, Dallas, right? hmm Yeah. So, how I see those going, Florida could upset Dallas. I think if Florida beat Dallas and LAG get crushed by Toronto, these numbers on this LAG-Florida game could go way out of whack. And I think LAG could become a value, as crazy as that sounds. But right now, if you want Florida, just take them now. I just think, we, we talked about the volatility with Florida, though. Like, is it crazy to think they might beat Dallas and lose to LAG? Because I don't think it is. I know that doesn't make any sense in terms of, like, power rankings. Obviously, Dallas greater than Florida greater than LAG. But in any given week, Florida could, like, flop or make a great, you know, underdog story happen and beat one of the better teams in the league. So I'm going to wait on this game, as I do with most every game, and just see what happens with Florida-Dallas and what happens with LAG-Toronto. And if how, if they go kind of how I expect them to go, I think LAG could be a value. Now, if Dallas come out and just smoke Florida, this number might actually get better for Florida. But I think Florida will put up a pretty good fight on Dallas. So right now it's a wait and see, but I think this game could be spicier than we see it as right now, at least. But I don't know. We'll see. Or at least the the value might shift way too far to one side. Yeah, I... I... It, it, it's, a, it's a tricky one, too, because, like... I think these teams have played probably 18 times this year, and I think Florida are like 18-0. and 0. That's not right. They probably played like five times, but I think Florida's won every match. It, so It does feel like they've played a lot. It could just be a really bad matchup for LAG. Now, I don't think that's like matchups specific, you know, that sort of stuff, I think means less in the COD League. I think if you're just a good team with, you know, good gun skill, good movement, good teamwork, like... There aren't really, like, styles of teams to, like, be scared of. It's just, you know, good teams and bad teams. So I think it'll be a Florida win, obviously. But, like, people could lose their mind if LAG somehow win this after losing uh, earlier in the week. But we'll see. That's that's maybe the spiciest thing I'll say the whole podcast. (laughs) That is a really spicy take. And it doesn't seem like the craziest thing. And, like, on some level that sounds like the most... LAG thing and f- the most Florida thing, right? It is still Florida, right? This is the team. This is a team that has extreme highs and extreme lows, right? Like, yeah, we took out Dallas, like the number two or three team in the league. And then, yeah, we'll lose to LAG. Cause I think it's at, at a certain point, like and when you, when you start looking in, like in the NFL, right? When you get late season NFL, like teams, when they need to cover, when, like when teams need to win to stay in the hunt for the playoffs, right? They actually have like a horrible record against the spread. And the reason for that is because the teams that are playing off against usually are horrible. Like, these are usually, like, the bottom-dwelling teams, the teams that have been long since eliminated. And the thing of it is, they're playing for pride at this point, right? So, like, at a certain point, LAG is like, okay, look, we've got, like, 
At this point, it would be what? They've played already, so they've played three games. So, like, cool, we have two more games. This is our second last game in Stage 4. After this, we have one, more ga- one, one last game in Stage 5, and then we have potentially one major game, and that's it. So we have, like, three games left, right? Potentially, and if we lose round one, right? So at a certain point, they're, there's, at a certain point they're just going to be like, screw it, this is our last chance to, to win a game, we're, we're just going to go for it, right? And they start, like... They take Florida like a game five or something, and then you're out all that, right? So it's very possible. It's unlikely, but it's it's extremely possible that at a certain point, LAG could just kind of put on, pull on the, like, just pull out the boosters there and just kind of go. So it's, um, it could, LAG could possibly do some things down the Here, stretch. Here's what, I'll, here's what I'll say about this game. One more thing. You said the most LAG thing to happen would be to maybe win this game, you know, after uh, getting just, scorched by toronto the most lag thing to happen is get killed by toronto 3-0 like the hottest 3-0 of the year yeah and then lose to florida in a game five round 11 in a devastating fashion because that's like what they do <laughs> that would yeah like the thing is i think this the only universe in which lag beats florida or covers the spread against florida is if they lose to toronto 3-0 if they lose 3-1 then it's fine because it's like mission accomplished, mm-hmm. we beat Toronto on a map. But if they lose three zero and they lose the hard point by like two hundred points, then yeah, like one hundred percent, like just they'll eke out. They'll beat Florida in a hard point like two fifty, two forty, and then they'll win like sur- the first surge like six two, and people are gonna be like, oh my god, LAG, and then Florida are gonna win three and four, and then LAG are gonna just poop their pants and lose in game five, and that's how their season's kind of gone. So. If this Official ha- prediction: LAG poops their pants. If if this happens, I'm I'm clipping this. This is going on Twitter. So we'll we'll oh. see. We'll see. But I I it'd be it'd be hilarious if it did happen. I don't think it will happen, but it'd be hilarious if it did. But watch out for Toronto three zero Saturday night game: Seattle versus Toronto. Seattle plus six fifty. Toronto minus fourteen hundred on the money line. Seattle plus one and a half, plus two seventy five. Toronto minus one and a half, minus four hundred. Over three and a half, so the over three and a half, under three and a half, so the sweep is tied up at minus one twenty each on both both ways. Um, yeah, same as before. Um, it's kind of weird that Toronto is more favored to sweep LAG than they are to sweep Seattle. I think that's kind of the same, maybe not. I don't know. I think Seattle plus two and a half is. I think this probably goes over three. Apparent. I don't know. Well, this will be kind of cool. We're gonna actually finally get to see how good Seattle is at control because they're gonna play off against like the best control team. So like, we'll see if, if Seattle is this like god tier control team. It'd be so funny if like they suck at control all season and then just end the season undefeated on control, beating all the best control teams, and then people then they don't make champs. And then people are like, well, what could have been? Yeah, what could have yeah, been yeah. if the best control uh, team had made champs? That's a good point. I well, if you're Seattle, you can like very much prepare for one control map, and that's because we I already talked about with Minnesota. Like you're gonna play Garrison because Minnesota auto vetoes checkmate, and Seattle is zero and eight on raid. Kind of the same story with Toronto. Toronto have played checkmate four times all year. They're two and two. And then they're really good at Garrison, and they're really good at Raid. So it's like the same kind of thing should work out where we see Garrison again. And I think Seattle can take it, but obviously Toronto are a very good Garrison control team. Just control team in general, but very, very good at Garrison. Um, so yeah, it's an uphill climb for Seattle. Duh, Toronto is the number two team in the league, in my opinion. So 
it'll be tough. Um, I think the line could shift a lot depending on uh, the Seattle-Minnesota uh, game, is it, earlier in the week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just said they're playing them in control. Duh. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Right now, it's hard to say how this will go. I do think there may be... I don't know. There might be value on Toronto by the time it gets to this, just with how I expect those earlier games to go. Obviously, right, Toronto should crush LAG if all my predictions go according to plan, which maybe will drive up their price. But if Seattle looked good against Minnesota, I think people might look at that and go, ooh, 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 Seattle might be a middle-of-the-pack team all of a sudden. They look good on land. They just beat Minnesota, who I think a lot of people overrate. So... Maybe you could get a little bit of value on Toronto, but even still, the, the prices on these matches, on like so many of these matches this week, are so high that it's just unattractive to like really put money down on anything. So, especially um, any money line, unless yeah. you're betting a dog. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. So it's like you you could bet like Toronto in three or Toronto in four, like exact outcomes like that. But those are tricky and also not super fun to root for. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It it, it could be a, a little spicy. I've probably said spicy like a dozen times this week, but that's really like all I can hope for because so many is so many of these matches look like pretty clean sweeps or three ones. But obviously, some of them won't be. Some of them should go to a game five and maybe outright upsets. But uh, yeah, it's it's a tough ask for Seattle, but it can be done. It it wouldn't be this the most shocking thing to have happened all year. Smallest money line spread is Seattle Minnesota. At Seattle at plus two hundred is the smallest dog, which is kind of Dang. insane. Of all ten matches, of all ten matches, wow. The next closest one is Minnesota at Dallas, where Minnesota is plus two forty, which they should definitely not be plus two forty against Dallas. Yeah, wow. That, that line's actually just horrible. This but, might be the worst week in terms of like closeness of matches. Yeah. I mean, the best chance someone has of winning according to these betting lines is like 30% percent. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, I guess. That's, uh, that's not great. Um, but anyway, going on to Sunday now. Um, Paris versus LA Thieves. Paris plus 300, Thieves minus 450. Paris plus one and a half, plus one ten. Thieves minus one and a half, minus one fifty. Over three and a half, minus two twenty five. Under three and a half, plus one sixty two. I don't know. I don't want to bet on Paris. Like I don't on. know either. Like let's can we just skip this game? Like this is on Sunday. Obviously, Paris doesn't play until then, right? They don't have a game earlier in the yeah. week, and it's like with LA Thieves again. I say this every podcast, but it still is true. Like they are by far the hardest team to figure out. Um, my model says Paris has about a twenty-seven percent chance to win. So, like, yeah, it could happen. But again, LA Thieves, I don't know. They might be like the third best team in the league now, or maybe their two matches are you know a little bit of a small sample to really gather anything from. If so, thieves, I, if thieves beat. Uh, phase just Paris money line, just like never been honestly, more sure yes, in my life. Yes. never been more yeah. sure in my life. Like a hundred percent, I'm not even joking. Like I will bet Paris money line if thieves beat Phase, I will wait for the line to like get to like plus six hundred Paris, and I will bet Paris money. Like just slam that, yeah, yeah. Or if you're a little nervous on that, like the plus one and a half should be good value too. Yeah, that um, also that but, too. But yeah, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. So it's a clear. Just wait and see game for sure. 
this team has been so inconsistent and also in team changes too but like it's it's so weird where like if they if if suddenly they become people think they're like the top 3 team then like then they'll act like it and then they'll just instantly lose and it'll be see it'll be so seeable like a mile away it it'll be hilarious yeah um, i mean Paris last week like my god they just got slaughtered like they went 0 and 6 in maps to chicago and atlanta who yeah. are very good but like i mean outside of they went to around 11 against chicago so that was close but outside of that, like, well, 204, 250 against Atlanta and Hardpoint. But it's, again, their best Hardpoint map, and you still lost by almost 50. It's like... And that looked... That, I was, I'm was i actually just rewatching that series now. That looked a lot worse. And then they got 3 in both controls. Both were raid. It's like, they... Uh, yeah, I mean, they clearly were outclassed. I think Thieves could be um, a winnable match for them, for sure. But, like... God, yeah, Paris is just not a fun team to talk about really ever. Like, I don't know. No, I've no. never had, like, strong feelings about them. No one ever wants to talk about Paris. No. Chicago versus FaZe. Now, this is potentially an interesting one. Chicago plus 300, FaZe minus 450 on the money line. Optic Chicago plus 1.5, plus 150. FaZe minus 1.5, minus 200. Over 3.5, minus 200. Under 3.5, plus... 150. Um, I, like, Optic has been hitting their stride. They've been doing better. I can see, like, here, here's the thing. If you go back to, to the major, okay, sure. Randomly, Optic, like, in the last, in last stage, in the last major, randomly, Optic got taken to game five by Seattle twice. Okay. Not gonna lie, that's kind of weird. Didn't expect that. But outside of that, <laughs> They lost in Game 5 to Dallas, who at the time it seemed like this was just kind of Optic not doing great. But then then Dallas comes back, two down to, to, to reverse sweep Toronto. Then they almost take, they do almost take out FaZe. To now Dallas looking like one of the top t- three in the league. To now Optic not losing a map at all last weekend. Again, now to be fair, that, to be fair, that is against, well, no, it's, it's against, um, it's against Paris. And then a week in New York, but still a New York team. That is still pretty good. It's like it's pot like I can see this going to a game five. I actually can. I don't know if I want to bet optic money line, but I can see this going to a game five. Um I don't know which game it's gonna be that's gonna take it to a game five. Um I don't know which 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 order of the series it'll be. Probably a hard point in a search, probably not a control. Optics control has been kind of weird. But like also it's still phase too, right? Like, do you really want but Optic is pro- like if Optic starts putting things together like people know they should have, they probably have the pieces to take Phase to a game five like they did earlier in the year. What do you think? Yeah, um, I don't. I I laugh sometimes when I look at Atlanta's like team summary page that I have here in my model because it's just so impressive. Um, as far as the match goes, I think it will be a good one. I know. These hyped-up matches in the past have not been good, for the most part. But, yeah, I don't know. Chicago's kind of in that same group, I think, with Dallas, with New York, as, like, you know, third, fourth, fifth best team in the league, something like that. Maybe second, if Toronto falters, but I still think Toronto's really good. 
And it's like, yeah, we've seen Atlanta, yeah, lose to a hot New York team in a game five. And we just saw Dallas take Atlanta to a game nine in a major. And it's like, yeah, th- these teams have a shot. And Chicago, I think, is going to come out wanting to win this so bad. And that could also bite them in the butt, I think. And I hate to make a case for Atlanta, but I just see these kind of matches, like hyped up optic matches. I just see, you know, waves. Actually, I see a green wall of bets coming in for Chicago and driving down Atlanta's price again to a point where it's like, yeah, the price is still high. Like, you never want to bet anything like minus 200 or more because it's just not fun. But it's like, if that's the value, then you just take it. So, yeah, talk about control. I mean, Atlanta's control, Robert, is just ridiculous. So, Checkmate is almost an auto veto for them. They've played it five times all year. Five of their 40 control matches. They're three and two. So, not bad. Their garrison is 14 and four. And their rate is 15 and two. Now, so they're probably going to veto Checkmate on Chicago, as they should. And Chicago have played Garrison Control once. So it's like, that's the auto-veto. So we're going to Raid on Control. And yes, so Atlanta 15-2, and two, Chicago 13-7, and seven, I want to say. Let me look that up real quick. Yeah, 13-7. and seven. So the records sound pretty close, and you can make a case like, oh, maybe Chicago could catch Atlanta. But you look at... Just the sheer dominance that Atlanta puts on teams when they play raid control. And it's like they're just they're playing a different game almost. They're so impressively good. So if you're Chicago, I might leave Garrison open. I might you you, you gotta try something to beat Atlanta. You gotta be weird, right? So I might let Garrison through to see if they'd wanna play that. Maybe veto raid and and just see, because right, teams don't have a lot of odd on you on Garrison. You played it once. So get weird with it, play Garrison, and then just try to get lucky in Search. Right? Search can be a very toss-up game. You know, try something new in Search. You know, try different angles. I don't know what it is, but like just be a different team. And like stick to your strengths. It's hard. It's a balancing act. Stick to your strengths, but be weird enough where phase you can throw face some curveballs, right? It's just, it's like basic game theory. Like, you have to do what's good for you. But if you do the same thing over and over again, teams catch on and they figure out how to counter you. So Chicago's got a chance if they do the prep work and really get weird with the maps. And um, I'm intrigued to see what they actually play. I think that could be the biggest storyline is like what Chicago is willing to play Atlanta on. Because Atlanta is going to play anyone on any map at any time. So I think we could see a really, really good series if Chicago gets a little funky with it and they put the prep time in for those maps. But from a betting perspective, like I kind of see it going in favor of Atlanta if you're willing to uh, lay a big price on them. But I don't know. This is like a classic just watch and enjoy type match because it could be, honestly, just from what I feel, maybe one of the best matches of the year. Wow, that's a... That's some high maybe. expectations. Maybe, maybe, of course. Um, it, it's interesting, right? Because it's like I want looking at this line. 
I like even against the betting model too. Like I want a lot. I want to just take the plus one, the plus one and a half, plus one fifty. Like you just want to grab it and be it like, just feels right, right? Yeah, it feels yeah. right. But the thing is, it, it felt right the same time last time too, and I didn't, I didn't grab it, and that was then the optic got three out, right? So yeah. it's like it's so weird, and it's like I don't know. Maybe this everybody's always chalky on. On optic, and, and maybe this is overpriced. I have this under. I have this overpriced by a couple of points here and there. But um, yeah, no, it, it's a hard call, and I think that on some level, I think it's it's hard to to separate. Cause we want a we want a competitive game here, right? We don't want phase to three them again, right? We want to see a competitive game, but phase is just kind of insane. Now, to be fair, they've been munching on some bad teams for a couple of weeks here, so there's for that. Sure. But, like, I don't know. They could take this to five. It it would be nice to see it, and all. It would be nice. It'd be nice to see the map pool as well. Like, if Opt- if Optic gets a good map pool, I I kind of think the only way phase is is basically weak is through search and destroy. I think that's actually their kind of weaknesses. I think I think to beat phase, you have to beat them through search. I don't think the best way to beat them is through like hard point. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah, if you're Chicago, like. Assuming FaZe vetoes Miami, which they pretty much do all the time, like play standoff. Just pick standoff, even though it's not your best map. Like Moscow is for sure Optic's best search and destroy map, but throw that out the window because Atlanta are the best Moscow search team. Like that's just an easy thing you can do. It's like, yeah, you've only played standoff a few times. Well, so has FaZe. Like you can catch them on these weird maps. So, yeah, and FaZe is not a. Phase is not yeah. inspiring much confidence on standoff. Yeah, so. and it's like hard points a tough ask too, and like you're gonna have to play phase on like one of their dominant maps, Garrison or Moscow. They are, and even raid, they're crazy good on. So you're gonna have to play them on one of those. But like, yeah, you could beat them on a checkmate if they let that through, or an apoc. Like, but you gotta just really like you gotta plan now for what you're gonna do against them and really work at it. But the path to victory for Chicago is there. They just got to be a little weird and like really do the prep work. But and like, yeah, FaZe should win the match. All that being said, it's like FaZe are probably going to win because they're what, what do you say? 32 and four on the year. Like, yeah, yeah. they're, they're crazy. Yeah. And it is, it, it's hard, but I, I honestly think the only team that can, I honestly think the only team that can beat FaZe is Toronto and then possibly Dallas, but I kind of think Toronto because I think the way Toronto can beat FaZe is through, it's going to be through a standoff search and destroy and an express search and destroy because those are two maps that, that Toronto are apparently pretty good at on, on search and destroy now. Toronto's raid doing too. I mean, Atlanta are willing raid. to play on Raid. Yeah. 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 Like, Toronto has a favorable search and destroy matchup against FaZe. And the thing of it is, I don't that doesn't come out strong enough in in a best of five. Because when you're looking at the best of fives, you only get two searches, right? But when you get to a best of nine grand finals, like if Toronto had gotten to the stage four grand final, I would have bet on them to win. They would have been warm. Makes sense. Yet you want to pick a they good would've... search team, yep. a good control team. And like Atlanta are very good at those modes too, but Toronto are right behind them in those two. I think the hard point between those teams is a little more of a gap, but yeah, like, that's yeah. really the only thing holding Toronto back. Like if Toronto didn't just instantly lose hard points to phase, 
But it's so it's so weird, right? Because like Toronto will like turn around and they'll like two fifty to fourteen thieves on like a raid hard point or something, and then they'll get they'll turn around and then FaZe will like two fifty to eighty nine them on that same hard point, right? Like it's Toronto is the weirdest team on hard points. And if they can figure out and they can finally get a dominant streak going on hard points and just kind of level off that consistency, then I think this team could be really, really dangerous and they could possibly win champs. Like, yeah, they could. I mean, they they have a legitimate shot at that. Yes, but yeah. uh, yeah, we'll see. With this Atlanta Chicago match, it should be good. I hope I didn't jinx it, and it's going to be a three zero now for Atlanta. But fingers crossed, it's a good one. But that's not even the last match of the day, Robert. Nope. What is? There is one more match uh, to wrap up for us today: Minnesota at Dallas. Minnesota is plus two forty. Dallas is minus three thirty four. Minnesota plus one ten minus one ten. Um, Dallas minus one and a half, minus one twenty-five. Minnesota, and then sorry, over three and a half, minus uh, minus two fifty, under three and a half, plus one seventy-five for that sweep. Why is Optic Face not the last match? Like, I is are they just trying to get it so that so that people watch Optic Face and then they just tune in for the match after? I I got the answer. It's the Minnesota home series. Oh, want, you're right. That's right. Yes, I whatever that means. That. You know, so you want the home series team to go last which i get like you want them in the prime time spot but whatever you know or you mentioned it i think maybe a month ago on a podcast like you maybe want the really good match to be sandwiched in between the other two so you get viewership beforehand and you get viewership afterhand for people just you know wanting to continue to watch so Mm -hmm. i get why they do it like that i obviously would like it the other way around where the best matches last because i'm going to watch all of them anyway but um yeah, I don't know. Minnesota-Dallas, we've seen a lot, I feel like, throughout the year. And Minnesota has taken Dallas um, the distance and won a few of their matches. I remember two, I think, specifically that went 2-3-5 for Minnesota. And again, that's probably how they're going to have to do it now, because they're just not a great hardpoint team. But, I mean, they just lost to LAG, for God's sakes. Like, come on. Um but it, yeah, it can happen again. Minnesota and Dallas, I have almost identical power ranks in terms of control. Um, I'm curious to see where we might see that map. Dallas really plays anything on control. And then again, Minnesota doesn't play checkmate. So we're going to see Garrison or Raid. And I do think Minnesota might be slight favorites on both maps. So that's interesting. I actually um, do. I have Minnesota favorite in the control. My, my mom yeah, has that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you know, there's one map win, maybe, if you can pull that out. And then, yeah, if you can get lucky in a search and, and yeah, heck, maybe take a hard point that, you know, we don't usually see from them. But uh, if Dallas maybe leave Apocalypse open, Minnesota could beat them on that. Uh, if they leave Raid open, I think Minnesota could maybe beat them on that. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but, yeah, search is definitely beatable as long as you don't play on Miami because Dallas are freakishly good at Miami. But outside of that, they're... They're pretty beatable on any other map. So I think we got a good series on our hands. And I think there actually might be a case for Minnesota. I kind of like a lot of underdogs in that like plus 200 to plus 250 range this week. But um, yeah, it makes sense. I I mean, I feel like some underdogs are going to win. Like if we see 10 favorites win, that's going to suck. But it could happen, you know. But yeah, I think this will be a good one. Um... I'm not sure what I'd take for if I'm going to pick like Minnesota money line or Minnesota plus a map and a half. Either I think would make sense, but um, I might go plus a map and a half. I just think Minnesota's search 
Maybe if it goes to a game five, might not be there. But um, yeah, plus a map and a half. I think we see a map five about fifty percent of the time. So, um, with all that being said, yeah, I don't know. We got a good one on our hands, and I'm kind of excited for it for sure. Mm-hmm. It's um, it, it could be good. I will say that the last time they played. Minnesota was like massively overhyped and this was kind of when Dallas started coming back. True. So yeah. I kind of do like the Dallas minus one and a half here. I'm probably going to, for my predictions bracket, I'm probably going to throw this up as a three one. Um, but I mean, Minnesota could pull it off. I don't know. Minnesota is just a team that it, it's a team that looked good on paper and I was kind of down on them, but they kind of turned it around. But then they sucked again. Then they brought in standing and they kind of turned it around. Then, then they kind of like it's it's been a really weird up and down year for them where they would jump around from like bad to like decent to bad again to decent again to now they're kind of declining again it's it's the weirdest up and down the year for them and like it wouldn't surprise me if they kind of go on a on a skid now and then they just go out 1-0 like they they end up losing bracket champs and then just go out 0-1 in champs and that's it they're done and then they can pick up the pieces from this year and figure out went went wrong and there's a lot of things to dissect about what this Minnesota team needs to do going forward and and that'll be for another day though but yeah I I'm I'm picking um I'm I'm picking Dallas in this one so but anyway so that's that's that for this week then so only a couple more weeks of this left actually uh, not much more than that um yeah I um it's going to be interesting. There's a couple of good games. This is the ni- the one nice thing about the fact that we're going to start like some of these teams will start permanently vanishing soon is that we are going to get rid of a lot of this. We're going to get rid of a lot of these this dead weight. Like we're going to get rid of the, the, the like the minus 1000 plus favorite games. Those are going yeah, to be Toronto gone. LAG is not happening and yeah, Paris will be gone and yeah, all those not so good teams we won't have to watch anymore. But yeah. uh yeah, I'm I'm getting excited. Champs is around the corner, and yeah, we just have a few more weeks until we get there. So we'll see how seeding works out. I know seeding is going to be a huge thing in terms of who gets the two seed. I know that's close, and um, arguably a bigger deal is who gets the six seed because you never want to start in losers bracket. Um, and I believe yeah, top six should start in winners for champs, and seven and eight will start in losers. But um, yeah, I know. Yeah, Toronto, New York, Dallas, those teams are probably all in the running for that two seed. And then um, that six seed is really wide open, I know, with, with Rocker, with um, Thieves and Mutineers. So those are kind of the storylines I'm looking forward to for these next few weeks, uh, just to see if any of those teams, you know, pass each other to get those spots. But I think the major, it, it, we might have to wait until the end of Major 5 to, like, lock in uh, those really, really important seeds. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think we still. The thing is, that we still won't know about this. Like, we will not. We won't be able to give an accurate prediction of who's going where, and we probably still won't even until like the last game of champs. It, it like it's going to depend on Dallas, Toronto. Like, legitimately, it's going for them. Their placing. It's going. It's probably be probably beyond a shadow of a doubt. It's going to depend on how far each of them goes in champs. And like that's that would be an awesome setup, like a losers round, like losers final between Dallas and Toronto. One, they're playing for the chance to go to to go to the final for the major five, and then also they're playing for the second seed. That'd be kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. Placement within the major for those two teams is going to be huge, and I believe they're the last game of uh, group play. And that's, I mean, that that could set up right 
who's the one seed that comes out of the group versus who's the two seed. And then, you know, that that's big too, just in terms of where you are in the bracket for major five. So yeah, a lot of big games still this week is a little ugly in terms of uh, some of these matchups, but uh, yeah, hopefully we get some upsets and yeah. uh, hopefully we get a little bit of spicy. Cause I said that a lot in this podcast and now I want to see a lot of spicy. So I sound smart. You know? I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I just want a week with upsets. Like we've, we've had so few upsets for like the last couple of weeks, even into the, into the major. Um, so like I I want to see some upsets this week. Give give me some upsets here. Next Dang. week is next week is better. The teams are kind of a lot more balanced in terms of who's playing each other next week. Um, I think the most mismatch game is Seattle versus Dallas. Everything else is pretty level, so that'll be mm-hmm. we'll we'll deal with that next week. But anyways, so thank you for for joining us today. Um, obviously follow us at CDL Metrics on Twitter and at Lean Toss Up Sports. Uh, follow that for all of our match predictions and. Obviously, we'll tweet stuff out through the week as, as how we're seeing the new, some of the bets unfolding. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, talk to you later. Have a good week, everybody.